I just came here just to pay my respect to um, Representative um, John Lewis, um, civil rights icon and Congress. He died at 80 years old. He was battling pancreatic cancer since um, 2019. He passed away in Atlanta on Friday. Lewis was a giant of the civil rights movement. And in the modern era, he, he continued to pursue racial justice until the time of his death. He recently had a virtual town hall alongside President Obama to mentor long activists who were leading protests following the death of George Floyd. He was born in Alabama in 1940. Lewis was the son of a sharecropper's um, and experienced the horrors of the Jim Crow in the South. Lewis began working to challenge racial segregation um, by participating in workshops on a nonviolent confrontation as a 19-year-old college student in Nashville, Tennessee, back in 1959. I wasn't even born then. Lewis would go on to take part in sit-ins, and he did demonstrations, and through his fearlessness and dedication to the cause, he rose quickly and prominent in the movement. By 1961, he became one of the original participants in the Freedom Riders, the act of black activists taking interstate bus rides to challenge the illegal but persistent practice of segregation along the roads in the South. Often beaten and arrested, he faced segregation head on. He was dedicated and his dedication to fighting white supremacists led him to become a founding member of the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee back in 1963, the, in the SNCC. That same year, Lewis went on to one of the big six leaders of groups who organized the historic march on Washington. He was the last living speaker from that march. In 1965, Lewis was a prominent figure of the voting rights campaign, and he worked beside other civil rights leaders in Selma, Alabama, on the Bloody Sunday, March 7th, 1965. He was among hundreds of activists that were brutally attacked by state troopers as they marched across the Edmund Pettus, Pettus um, Bridge. Excuse me. The group was setting out to march the 54 miles from Selma to the state capital of Montgomery to protest the recent police shooting of a 26-year-old activist who was killed when trying to protect his mother from being clubbed. Lewis suffered a concussion and a fractured skull on that violent Sunday in an encounter that was captured by news cameras and broadcast to a shocked nation. Lewis graduated from American Baptist College and from Fisk University. He holds more than 50 honorary degrees from prestigious HBCs and Ivy League colleges. He entered Congress back in 1987 and was serving his 17th term as a representative of Georgia's Atlanta area, 5th District, at the time of his death. On Friday, President Obama, he made a statement that 
you know, pertaining to the relationship with Mr. Lewis and um, about the relationship with the man who became known as the conscience of Congress. Former President Obama said that I first met John when I was in law school and I told him then that he was one of my heroes. Years later, when I was elected a U.S. Senator, I told him that I stood on his shoulders. When I was elected President of the United States, I hugged him on the inauguration stand before I was sworn in and told him I was only there because of the sacrifices that he made. During the civil rights era, Lewis was arrested 40 times. In 2011, former President Barack Obama awarded him the Presidential Medal of Freedom, the highest civilian award bestowed by the U.S. Lewis, often described as one of the most courageous people or persons that the civil rights movement ever produced. And he is survived by his only son, John Miles Lewis. Rest in peace. Thank you for all your sacrifice. Thank you for not giving in because I know it's hard. And as I reflect on the different speech that I heard you listen, I, I listened to that you spoke. Um, I often wondered how you keep fighting when you feel defeated. Like now we're in 2020 and we're in the midst of a pandemic. You have black women, black and brown women that are fighting for police brutality, for equality, for a systemic system that's working against us. And you have your own race that's working against what you're trying to do with the Black Lives Movement. Then you have the black men that are fighting and hurting the black and brown women in your community. And then you have the white community and now people are trying to make it a thing against black and brown community with Jewish. And so it's, it's hard because you feel like the narrative is being switched to paint the picture that it's because of the black and brown community that these issues are happening. And I can't speak for everybody, but I, I'm speaking for me. When I listen to the Charles Barkley of the world and I listen to, you know, the NFL players that are Jewish that are offended by the things that Nick Cannon and Deshaun um, Jackson had to say, I think it's just a misunderstanding in regards to those situations that an apology should have sufficed if people weren't looking for a way out of what's going on now, or people wasn't trying to make a bigger issue. Now, true, I can't tell someone what to be offended by, because me as a Black woman, there are things that offend me that may not offend the next Black person. But I just don't understand for the life of me, if a person is openly, publicly saying, I messed up, I apologize, I didn't mean to offend you. That wasn't the point I was trying to make. That wasn't the narrative I was trying to, you know, put out there. And it's still not enough. It becomes stressful and you tend to feel defeated. And you tend to feel like, what am I doing? And then in the midst of all that, the women, black and brown women that are doing a lot of the fighting, they're the angry black women. So for your selfishness and 
your dedication and your your will and your courage and your perseverance. I thank you. I appreciate you and I love you and rest on. And that leaves us black and brown, white, Hispanic, Jewish community. So many of us are left not doing anything. So instead of trying to find the irony in, hmm, isn't that funny? Black on black, black live movements ain't ain't fighting for black on black crime, and now they out here tagging the Jewish community. When if you're really being honest, and you're really if the if the biggest issue is change and better, that's not what you would be speaking. So if you're about change and fixing the problem and not being the problem then we don't need to hear about the Black-on-Black community. You think people that live in the Black in black community that has to endure the violence, that they're not aware of it, and that it doesn't hurt them, and that they don't want change? The problem is people are not putting forth that effort in the Black and Brown community to help those Black and Brown people to change that violence that's going on. Because you're not condoning the violence that black and brown people have in their community. Nobody's condoning another black man killing another black man. Nobody's ever, you're not going to tell me that a community is supporting that. It's just a community has to live in that community when the police do do nothing. And then you call the police and nothing is done to that person and they find out that this person said something. Then it becomes retaliation. So there's a lot involved in some of these situations that people are not looking at the fullness of it. And when you got children involved, people tend to, you know, tread lightly. The only point I'm trying to make is, you guys, let's just continue to fight the fight that's been going on for a while. And change is not going to happen overnight. And change is supposed to be uncomfortable sometimes. It's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be nice. Because if it was easy and it was nice, it would have been done. For your attention, I thank you.